VoiceAmerica.com, your Internet talk leader. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on the following show are solely those of the host, guest, and its callers. You have just stepped into a crust-free zone with Dr. Pat Basile. What is crust? Well, crust is that stuff that stands between you and what you want out of life. Crust is what keeps you stuck. Crust is anything you think, feel, or believe that prevents you from living your deepest heart's desire. So get ready to do some serious crust busting with Dr. Pat Basile and break through those layers of crusty conditioning to reveal the unlimited possibilities available to you to live your life full out. Dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Well, welcome to the show. And yes, you are listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile. And I am so thrilled to have Greg Braden with me today for uh, an amazing discussion and a fabulous show. Let me tell you a little bit about Greg. Um, Greg is... (laughs) New York Times best-selling author, and he has been featured uh, guest for international conferences, media specials, exploring the role of spirituality in technology, and that is a very exciting topic to me. Uh, he is a former senior computer uh, systems uh, designer, uh, computer geologist, technical operations supervisor. Yes, Br- Greg has even supervised, <laughs> as have I. <laughs> but he is now, let me just say this, he is now considered a leading authority on bridging the wisdom of our past with the science, of, uh, with the science medicine, and peace of our future. And we're here today with Greg to talk about a, a number of things, but uh, very specially to talk about his new book, The God Code, Healing Our Future Through, through the Message from Our Past. So, Greg, let me welcome you to the show, because we have got lots to talk about today. Well, I'll begin, uh, Pat, by saying good morning, and, and thank you for uh, the invitation to, to share this hour together, and, and just let you know what a pleasure it is to... Uh, to have the opportunity to talk about the kinds of things that we're we're about to talk about is absolutely exhilarating for me to be able to share uh, mm. the information that we're going to cover today. It is exhilarating, and you know, and and I have gone through, I have read the book several times now, and uh, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, I am just amazed at what I'm finding. But let me let me ask this question first, because this is a question I ask each and every one of my guests. Because here you and I are on this show, we are doing what we love. And to our listeners that really long to do what they love, I, I, I really like to share what our journey has been like. And there's a story in this book that talks about you, you being drawn to readings early on in your life. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about your passion and how you got here? <laughs> so you're going to ask all the easy questions first, right? I thought I'd get them out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, you know, the way this question generally comes across in, uh, in interviews is I'm, I'm often asked how I made what many people consider to be a quantum leap from uh, the world of the hard sciences into uh, uh, discussions of science and spirituality. Mm-hmm. And for me, Pat, I think it was less of a, of a leap and more of a logical progression or a mm-hmm. next step from uh, from the earliest times that uh, that I can remember uh, in my life. I've always been fascinated by science, and I was fortunate enough to have a, a mother that supported that uh, and followed me and supported me wherever my passion was. So together we learned we learned a geologic history and the names of the dinosaurs when I was four and five years old, and the names of uh, the Egyptian kings and the pharaohs later in life. So is as a child, I, I studied the world around us through the eyes of a child, and as an adult, I've had the opportunity to do it in more adult ways. And for me, the, the science 
when we study science, what we're doing is we're studying the innermost workings of, uh, of the creative force underlying our universe. Mm-hmm. And that, to, from my perspective, that is a tremendously spiritual pursuit. So uh, while my jobs, my um, uh, responsibilities in the corporate world were, uh, they were precisely that. They were uh, directed under corporations in mm-hmm. pursuit of, of the science and the spirituality was always a part of that. You know, your story, I have a similar story. As a matter of fact, I, got, I really got chills because you talk about uh, Penzias and Wilson in the book, sure. The Big Bang. And I, I worked at Bell Labs. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I knew uh, Penzias. And, uh, you know, what, at, the, at the time I was quite young. So I really didn't have an appreciation for what he was doing in the way that you've written about the Big Bang. And I'm, I'm going to ask you a little bit about that. What I knew of this, you know, amazing man was that on Friday he brought in bagels. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so, so he um, he enjoyed the finer things of life as well as studying the uh, trying to find evidence of the first moment of creation. Well, isn't that amazing? How each of us carries forth, you know, that which is ours to do, and in a way that's kind of, you know, uh, totally unpredictable. The well, certainly in moments. Then... It is, and, and for listeners uh, maybe that, that haven't read that part of the book or aren't familiar with the story, these, mm-hmm. these brilliant gentlemen at Bell Labs, they were searching through radio telescopes. They were listening in the universe for, uh, for sounds that were left over from the moment of creation, uh, the time physicists now call the Big Bang. And uh, uh, other scientists had done the same thing, and they, they at first were a little frustrated because all they, could, they kept, kept hearing this, this static uh, that was interfering with what they thought would be the signals that they'd be receiving, and they were looking for ways to, to filter out that static. Uh, and lo and behold, what they found, to make a long story very brief, is mm-hmm. that that static was actually the remnants of the explosion uh, the, the, uh, on a magnitude that we, we can't even imagine that, that was responsible for the beginning of, uh, of our universe. They, they'd heard it, and the sound was so... There was so much of it, and it, uh, it permeated uh, so completely what they were doing uh, that the answer was in front of them all the time. And, and so in the book, the reason I share the story I'm asking, is it possible that something very similar has happened with us in terms of uh, our quest to understand who we are, where we come from, and if we're alone, uh, if we are the result of, of an intentional act of creation uh, while we search the text in the temple walls, could it be that the answer to that question is uh, is is so uh, it's so common in our world and it's so abundant that we failed to miss it, and that's that leads us into the the essence of the book. And it does, and I want to I want to stay with this for a minute because when I approached the book and and you know I since 1990 you know it's been how can I step up to each day with a with a beginner's mind. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, how can I step away from those things that I absolutely believed were to be the truth, so steadfast in what I believed, to a new opening? And and I believe that in this book, as as I've read it, that's what you're suggesting in a way. You're suggesting, you know, what if? What if we were to, you know, perhaps put some of the things that we think we knew or no aside and explore a different possibility is that you know am i summarizing that well precisely pat and and the uh, i'll just be very clear first for again for listeners that may not even be familiar with the work the title of the book is called the god code uh, as we mentioned earlier and and the 
the, the premise of the book is that there is um, uh, an intelligence that permeates all of creation, including uh, the essence of our bodies in a way that we're only beginning to understand. And uh, the book is not, and this work is not to persuade or convince anyone of anything. It invites us to cross the traditional boundaries that have separated the sciences uh, and, and much of the natural world and separated us from one another and, and helped us to feel separate from our Creator. Mm-hmm. To, to step across those traditional boundaries just for, uh, for a few moments or, or the hours it takes to read the book, and, um, and let me show you what we found. Uh, and, and it is by marrying the best science of our time with the insights and the wisdom of our past that we're shown uh, a possibility that, uh, as a scientist, I'll, I'll freely admit, is absolutely mind-boggling. Mm. The, the possibility and, um, and because of the, the systematic techniques and the methodology used, we come up with the same results every time. And, uh, and what it says is that, uh, that we are a part of something even greater, perhaps, than we've ever imagined. And well, that's, that's the key. And, and, and yeah. it's, up, it's up to the reader, mm-hmm. then, to look at what, what we're sharing with mm-hmm. them, and they have to reconcile it in their own lives. They have to make sense of it. Well, I want to read something, because I, actually there are a couple of things I want to talk about. And the book is uh, The God Code by Greg Braden, The Secret of Our Past, The Promise of Our Future. And it is, for me, an exploration from the beginning, you know, a, a fact-building journey, uh, which really enabled me to say, oh, gee, really? <laughs> and, you know, I mean, there's, there's an amazing story that you tell, and you build up to a point which I'd like to talk about after the break. But here's what, let me read this. It says, a coded message has been found within the molecules of life, deep within the DNA in each cell of our bodies, through a remarkable discovery linking biblical alphabets to our genetic code the language of life may, may now be read as the ancient letters of a timeless message. Regardless of race, religion, heritage, or lifestyle, the message is the same in each cell of every man, woman, and child, past and present. Mm. You know, that sentence was written uh, at about 30, 34,000 feet above, <laughs> above the surface of the earth. <laughs> in, um, uh, I think between Atlanta and Albuquerque, uh, on, a, on a trip when I was coming back from, from doing a lecture uh, series, a lecture tour. Mm-hmm. I, I remember writing that sentence, and after I wrote it, I thought, you know, that is a really pretty cool sentence. <laughs> that is a really pretty cool sentence. I mean, it is, it's, it's, it's an amazing sentence it, because it opens the door for questions. It, it does, and, uh, and it was so... Uh, I remember what was happening at the time. I was, I was watching the events unfold in the world around us after 9-11, and... Um, the book was released in '04. It was actually turned over to the publishers in uh, early '03, and it was written in '01 and '02, following 12 years of research that uh, that began back in the '80s. So the, the book has quite a history, mm-hmm. and uh, it was in in looking at the events unfolding in our world and asking the question, Pat, is there a principle, a single unifying principle that would touch every human that's ever walked this earth? Uh, regardless of the way they live their lives, regardless of their heritage or their bloodlines or their borders, is there something that is so common to all of us that would give us a reason to, to look beyond the differences that have separated us in the past and led to the wars and led to the hate and led to the suffering of, of the last, certainly the last 100 years? 
does that principle exist? And, and if it did, what would, what would the implications be? And it was in thinking along those, uh, that, that line of, of reasoning, that, that, uh, that introductory and that descriptive sentence that now is a sentence that opens so many of the interviews and many of the live events. That's the sentence that's actually read. Uh, it's a very powerful sentence, and it really sets the stage, Greg, and I want to say this. This, is, this book, for our listeners, is not a novel. This is, this is not something that, uh, that Greg or I have conjured up to talk about, uh, you know, uh, the um, humanity as a whole in, in one particular way. The book is filled with amazing facts leading up to uh, a discussion of what the implications are uh, and the implications, and let me just make sure that, you know, the promise of God in the body of man is what I'm struck by, when I, and we'll talk more about that after break. Uh, what I'd like to do now, Greg, is let's take a short break and come back and talk a little bit more about, uh, you know, the foundation for writing this book, the, the years of research, and then, uh, a, and then a lot more about what's in the book. I'll meet you right back here after the break. Okay. Well, you're listening to Crest Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and we are with Greg Braden today, best-selling author, amazing book, The God Code, The Secret of Our Past, The Promise of Our Future. Please call in, toll-free, 1-888-335-5204. That's 1-888-335-5204 with a question or comment and receive a copy of this amazing book. We'll be right back. Are you searching for a sense of purpose in this crazy world? If so, then tune in to Meet the Challenge with James Long and Melissa Phelan every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific time. On the show, James and Melissa will discuss life planning and meeting the challenges we experience in each stage of our lives. They will also provide you real solutions from professional advisors and resources to address the issues that keep you up at night. Life is a series of transitions from one stage to another. Make those transitions smooth ones by tuning in to Meet the Challenge. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific time here on Voice America Get committed to the cause of Christ. Listen to Pastor Ralph Martino every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Pastor Ralph will discuss a wide variety of spiritual topics from temptation to same-sex marriages and feature community leaders, authors, and NFL athletes all devoted to the cause of Christ. Experience hope, health, and spiritual growth. Awaken the truth and find your passion. Join Pastor Ralph Martino for Committed to the Cause of Christ every Friday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time right here on voiceamerica.com. Join Susan Mavity, host of A Journey to Wellness, on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific for the program that helps you discover the healing light within you and offers you tools to regain control over your own illness. Each week, Susan Mavity interviews teachers, healers, and authors who assist you in your own healing journey on all levels, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. So tune in and call in to A Journey to Wellness with Susan Mavity on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern and 4 p.m. Pacific.
The Raw Truth About Health with Barry Mello and Linda Vaughn is a show that exposes the deception of man's fallen wisdom regarding diet and lifestyles. Heard every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Heard every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Barry and Linda will teach you why raw foods and fresh fruits and vegetables with living enzymes are the key to why the Hallelujah Diet causes the body to heal itself from every kind of disease. So tune in and get healthy every Tuesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with the Raw Truth About Health with Barry Mello and Linda Vaughn right here on voiceamerica.com. Informative, entertaining, and educational talk. www.voiceamerica.com. Come find out what you've been missing. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crustbusting. Welcome back. You're listening to Crustbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and my very special guest, Greg Braden. And, you know, here's what Deepak Chopra says. Greg Braden is a rare blend of scientist, visionary, and scholar with the ability to speak to our minds while touching the wisdom of our hearts. And Greg, I have to say that you have definitely touched my heart. Um, I, I have read this book, The Isaiah Effect, and I want to say to you that there is so much in this book uh, but in particular, I am so interested on how the Dead Sea Scrolls have contributed to this, you know, this amazing uh, journey uh, sure. into, you know, from our history into the, pre- the present and then the future. Well, the the um, the mystery and the saga of the Dead Sea Scrolls uh, continues, uh, Pat. And, and although many people uh, think of the scrolls as something of our past and, a, and an anom- uh, anomaly and a phenomenon of the 20th century. Um, the truth is that new scrolls uh, are, are being discovered. They're still being translated. Uh, some of them have not been released uh, to the general public. And, uh, and the, the reason the scrolls, I think, are so intriguing to us and, and the role they played to me personally or for me personally in, in this work um, is that they are the earliest records that we have uh, of the most cherished traditions in both the, the Hebrew and the, the Christian tradition. Uh, any of the listeners who are familiar with my work uh, know that any, any work I've done since the 97-98 time frame, I've spoken about lost texts. And what we know is that as good as our Western biblical traditions are, and, and they are wonderful and, um, uh, and they are accurate as far as they go, however the best biblical scholars will openly uh, admit and, and discuss the fact that our biblical traditions were, our texts were edited in the 4th century, in the year 325 A.D. We know at least 45 books were completely uh, uh, either rewritten or taken out altogether. The scrolls represent the first time we got to see many of those books following their edits over 1,700 years ago. Mm. So what they tell us uh, in, in very clear terms is interesting because the books that were edited out and the sections that were deleted are actually the sections in the books that describe our relationship to our world, to one another, and uh, into a greater power, whatever name we'd like to give that power. They describe that, uh, that relationship in a way that is only beginning to make sense again in the 20th century 
through uh, the discoveries of quantum physics and, uh, and the, the relationship that we have in terms of physics uh, with the, the unseen forces of the world around us. So uh, it is through the clues that were left to us in those texts that led me to other uh, very obscure Hebrew as well as, uh, as Christian texts. Uh, and what I did was I simply followed the clues that were very ancient using the best science available in our modern world. I married the two together, and, uh, and it led us to the remarkable discovery that, that we're going to share in this, uh, in this program. And that's, let's talk about that a little bit, because what we're talking about here is the relationship in those, you know, between those ancient texts and the you know, DNA and the name of God. Am I correct? Well, you're correct, and it even goes much, much deeper than that. You know, I'm, I'm sure the listeners realize that by the time a book makes it to the bookshelves in Barnes & Noble or Amazon.com or, or Borders or somewhere like that, that that is the, the portion of the research from the author that has bubbled to the surface, and it, it generally is the tip of the iceberg of a much broader, much deeper body of information, and that's precisely what has happened with, uh, with this book. There's so much there, and part of my challenge as an author was to, to determine which, which elements of this research would best uh, honor and serve a broad general audience and, and share that with them in a, a way that was meaningful and hopefully fun or enjoyable to read. And uh, there's so much that did not make it into this book uh, that uh, that still is there. So uh, it's just it's the tip of the iceberg of a tremendous body of information that the at the very least that empowers us. It empowers us as a species. Uh, it empowers us as families and communities and, and as a nation. It empowers us to look at ourselves differently, uh, and in that difference, maybe to solve our problems. Uh, differently than we have in the past, and uh, hopefully to to outgrow our propensity for for solving our problems through warfare. And and you make a a, a, a very compelling case for that in the latter part of the book. Um, you know, could, let's talk a little bit about what I believe you're calling, if I'm correct, the new discovery, and that has to do with replacing the four elements of the DNA with sure. the letters representing the. And you, you, I think you call it their ancient and hidden number code, because well, that's what we're talking about. Precisely. The the bottom line of this book is that a a remarkable discovery linking uh, the letters, very precise letters of ancient biblical alphabets uh, and the elements of life in the, the modern alphabet that we call the periodic table, a remarkable discovery, uh, a numeric link uh, has been found that actually uh, ties those two ways of knowing our world together. So the elements of life, um, as diverse as life appears, there are actually uh, four main elements that allow life to be what it is uh, today. It's hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, and carbon. And in the scientific method of describing those elements, we, we go to what's called the periodic table of elements that gives the elements of life a name, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, carbon. It also describes them by number. Mm. So when we go into the ancient ways of knowing, my question is, could they have been doing the same thing in another time and, and three, four, five thousand years ago, they had not given names like hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, carbon to the elements. They had other names for them. However, the numbers that they assigned to those elements uh, wouldn't have changed. 
So in, in the research, uh, and this is a, a, a project that began in the late 1980s uh, when I was an engineer in the defense industry in the last years of the Cold War looking for a principle of peace. And, and it took that length of time to find this numeric link. And what we now know is that all ancient alphabets, in addition to the letters of the alphabets, have very precise, specific numbers that have always been linked to every letter. Every letter of every ancient alphabet, whether we're talking about Greek mm. or Latin or Sanskrit or cuneiform, uh, Hebrew, uh, Chinese, uh, and uh, uh, Arabic, they all have very precise, specific, mysterious numbers. No one knows for sure where the numbers came from, how they got there. The thing is, Pat, the numbers never changed. Mm. So in the, our most cherished traditions, we're told in the beginning of creation, this powerful force that we call God took the letters of the alphabets and made the universe and made our bodies. And that makes absolutely no sense to a scientist whatsoever unless the letters are actually symbols that represent the elements as we know them today. So in, to make, a, again, long story very brief, when we look at our modern way of describing the world through the periodic table, we look at the ancient way of describing the world through the alphabets, they look very different. However, the numbers linked to the letters uh, are precisely the same. Um, when we look, and I, at the risk of sounding technical, I'll, I'll just use this term once for listeners who are technically inclined, uh, the number that links those ancient alphabets with our uh, modern periodic table is called the atomic mass number mm. for, um, for the elements. So we we look at the atomic mass number for carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen, and we give it the same consideration that we give the ancient alphabets, lo and behold, there, uh, there are very precise, very specific numbers now that, that we can link. And when we do that, rather than looking at the strand of DNA and calling it carbon, oxygen, nitrogen, hydrogen, we can actually replace those with the letters of the alphabets, and they begin to spell words, and the words begin to spell sentences, and the sentences have a very potent, uh, very empowering meaning for us, and that is the essence of, of what the God Code is all about, because among the, uh, the words in the, in the first part of the, of the message in ourselves is the, the ancient name of God, uh, as we see it in 2,500-year-old scrolls and ancient texts. The name of God that we find in the Dead Sea Scrolls is the name of God in the cells of our bodies. You know, Greg, there, this book, if for, for our listeners, let me say this about the book. Um, this is a journey, and you do a marvelous job, uh, at least from my perspective, of leading me through the book in a way that I can understand. Mm. And through the number of exhibits that you have and the way that you present, something that has always been extremely technical for me. You build up to a conversation that we could have. For example, there's, there's a section in here that I love, and it's called, in each cell of every life, the code revealed. And so we get that place midpoint in the book where we now have this amazing technical information and you're now combining it with, let me, let me help you, you know, if you choose to, look at this in a different way. And uh, that's been so helpful, how you have really, through the, the many exhibits and tables in the book, you have really melded the spirituality, the image of God, with what we know of science, and also, more importantly for me, what we don't know 
Mm. Well, first of all, Pat, uh, thank you for uh, for sharing that. It's good for me. Always good for me to hear that because if, if that in fact happened uh, with you, then you and I did our, our work well together. And I, one of the great challenges for me was how to present this kind of information. Mm. Uh, and I talk about this in the introduction. There mm. were scientific colleagues that said, you know, you've got to put this into a, a peer-reviewed white paper mm-hmm. uh, for credibility. And other people said, forget all that. Just um, don't even put anything technical in there. Just tell people what you found. And mm. and what I know from presenting in front of live audiences is that neither one of those serve our audience. Right. <clears throat> if I simply walk into a room, and I've tried this, <laughs> and and say to the audience, uh, a text message is in the cells of your bodies. Their their mind wants to know more. I know. And I want to know more because when we come back, let's take a short break. I want to talk about part three of the book because it's exactly like you said. There is both something here for people highly technical and are worried about credibility, and then there's Greg Braden in part three, and I want to talk about that when we come back. You're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and special guest Greg Braden. Please call in at one 888 335-5204. That's one 335 Question, comment, and receive a copy of this amazing book, The God Code. We'll be right back. I went on a low-carb diet and lost 10 pounds, then gained it all back. I tried different diets, and in the long run, they caused me to gain weight. It's time to scrap the current healthy food and drink guidelines and get back to basics. Listen to Heart Smart Living with Heart Oldenburg every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time. On the show, Heart will debunk current dieting myths and show you the key to living a healthy and fulfilling life while enjoying the food you love. Be happy, be healthy. Listen to Heart Smart Living with Heart Oldenburg every Saturday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time right here on voiceamerica.com, the world leader in Internet talk radio. Join sales executive Scotty and Teresa for Sales Talk every Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 Eastern. It's the fun venue to facilitate business growth and increase revenue through sales execution. Tune in to hear interviews with nationally known sales experts and authors. We will explore the critical challenges that salespeople and sales leaders face in today's turbulent economy. Listen and have your pressing sales issues answered. We walk the walk and talk the talk. You'll laugh a little and learn a lot. Join us Thursday at 2 p.m. Pacific here on Voice America. New technology products emerge every day into the marketplace. Find out the benefits, challenges, and opportunities they present by listening to the Invention and Innovation Hour every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America. Hosted by Tom O'Neill and Carol Ann Dykes, the Invention and Innovation Hour will welcome expert guests in exciting fields and will focus on the ever-evolving world of technology. Get the latest tech news right here by listening to the Invention and Innovation Hour with Tom O'Neill and Carol Ann Dykes every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com. Hi, it's Sky and Denny. Come be a fly on the wall every Thursday at 1 p.m. And you're a guest at Sky and Denny's Cocktail Hour. Pop in to meet the inner circle of business experts, self-help advisors, celebrities, and other fascinating guests as they share their secrets for personal, business, and financial success. Our inside tips will help you be more successful in starting or running a business. So please join us for the Cocktail Hour every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Internet Leader in Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. VoiceAmerica.com, your Internet talk leader. 
Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crossbusting. Welcome back. Uh, yes, you are listening to Crustbusting, Your Way to an Awesome Life. If you'd like to know more about crustbusting, please go to www.crustbusting.com. We have a lot of things going on there. Uh, today, however, we are honored to have Greg Braden, uh, best-selling author and an amazing individual with us. He has written a groundbreaking book, Awakening to Zero Point, and he has pioneered work in in so many ways to really close the gap between technology and spirituality. And we are here today talking with Greg about The God Code, his latest book, The Secret of Our Past, The Promise of Our Future. Welcome back, Greg. Well, it's a pleasure to hear your voice, and, uh, and it's a pleasure to be back. Thank you very much. Let me ask you about a quote that I really, I think I must have about five post-its on this page book. <laughs> I don't know why I thought one wouldn't work. But here's the quote, um, and it's by William Blake. And it says, and this is it, God became as we are, that we may be as he is. God is man and exists in us and we in him. That's a powerful quote, and I'm so, I've been waiting to ask you what this means to you. Well, it, it is such a powerful quote, and as a poet, I think what William Blake has shared so eloquently in, in those two sentences, uh, in essence, the, uh, what this information, what the God Code is all about. Um, we've talked and kind of danced around the topic. We have not actually stated uh, what the message is that has been found in the cells of our bodies uh, and, and how that message comes about. And I think to answer your question, Pat, I've got to say something about, uh, about what the, the message in the cells of our bodies is, and then I can answer the question in, uh, in terms of, of what William Blake's statement uh, says to me and what it means to us. Mm-hmm. So you okay if we, if we go in that way? Yes. Well, the, uh, if the listener is just tuning in, what we're doing is we're, we're talking about uh, a discovery linking ancient biblical alphabets with the human genome, with the DNA in the cells of our bodies. And when we replace the elements of life in our DNA with the letters of the ancient alphabets using uh, this, this very precise, very systematic link, the DNA begins to spell words, the words begin to spell sentences, and the very f- what we now know is there are many layers, multiple layers of information in the DNA of our bodies. Each layer has its own code to translate it, and it took 12 years to figure out the first code for the first layer. And the first layer is the subject of the book, The God Code. It is a brief layer, and it is a very, very powerful uh, statement. So the, when we look into the DNA of the cells of our bodies and we apply this information, this technique, the DNA at the first level literally translates into the English words, God eternal within the body. God eternal within the body is the literal translation of the message encoded as the cells uh, of, uh, of every human and all life in general. Um, the fact that the message is there has not been disputed by the scientific community. Uh, while the message is very controversial, uh, the controversy comes from how we could have missed it in the past. 
who put this message there? How long has it been there? How did it get there? And, and what does it mean in our lives? But the, uh, the fact that the message is there, interestingly enough, is not being disputed by the scientists and the, the technological people who have had the chance to review this work. So, so what Blake's message says to me is, in essence, the summary of what this discovery has shown us, mm-hmm. that uh, God eternal within the body, we don't know who God is or, or what that means, uh, how the message got there, but what it says is three things, Pat, at the very least, the fact that the message is there says that we are not here by accident, that we're, we're an intentional species, we're here mm-hmm. on purpose, number one. Number two, that all life that shares this message is related, that we're a family, uh, and number three, that we are, because this message was, uh, was created by an intelligence before our existence, it suggests that we're part of something even greater than we've ever imagined. And with those three things in mind, what William Blake is saying to us, God became, uh, is in us and became as we are so that we can be as, as he is, suggests that we have a potential within us that we are only now beginning to realize. And it's through that potential that we may aspire to transcend, not just survive, mm-hmm. but to transcend the great challenges of our time and to become greater than, uh, than the, the ideas that have kept us small and separated us from one another. Mm. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Greg, we have a caller. Let's invite our caller sure. to the show. Uh, hello. Hi. I believe this is Kathy from North Carolina. Yes. Hi, Kathy. Do you have a question for Greg? Yes. Well, um, I've been listening to all the things that you've been saying, and you've you've mentioned a couple times that that your research has gone back to the early 80s. And I was wondering. The late 80s, uh, when I was an engineer, during the the last years of the Cold War, is uh, is when that. what, what got you started and interested in doing the research that you've done? And because it was, it's, it's quite a period of time that has lapsed, um, did you get discouraged at any point in time in your research or your writing that you said, oh, I'm not going to do this anymore? Or, and what kept you going to, well, to do this? you just asked me a three-part question in that Sorry. Question. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I'll answer the last part first. Did I ever get discouraged? Absolutely not. Uh, there were times where I reached dead ends in the work, and there was a, a frustration uh, that, that told me to go back to the last thing I knew was true and then try another path of frustration. But uh, I never doubted. And, and so the next part of the question is what led me to this. Um, I, my, I have a strong sense, and I've always believed that we are not an accident, that we are an intentional species, although we're only beginning to to grasp perhaps what that means. Mm -hmm. And if that, in fact, is true, it makes tremendous sense. It did to me as a scientist in the 80s that we would have been left a clue uh, by the the force or the intelligence responsible for our creation that once recognized uh, would not be denied and wouldn't be missed. Uh, that would tell us that we are, in fact, here on purpose and that we're, we're a family, that we, we're part of one another and we need one another. And it was, uh, I, my view was perhaps skewed or, or, in some respects, tainted by my insight behind the scenes during the, the very frightening time of the Cold War and how close the superpowers actually came to doing the unthinkable uh, and to an unsuspecting world who knew very little of what was happening in the background. And... and 
the prayer that, that if we could find a unifying principle uh, that touched everyone, where no one was excluded, that says we're part of something greater, maybe we would never find ourselves in the kind of wars that, um, that punctuated the 20th century and, and specifically uh, the, the Cold War. Uh, this, the, the project was an outgrowth, however, of a fascination, a personal fascination uh, that I've had since early childhood of the wisdom that was left to us in, uh, in thousands of year old texts, uh, sensing that although the wisdom is old, it is not obsolete, that there is a wisdom uh, from our past that, that we've lost and that it behooves us to understand and integrate that wisdom into our lives today. So that's wow. my three-part answer to your three-part question. Thank you. And, sure. and, and do you, um, well, and I can hear the energy in it, so my first question really doesn't, didn't make sense because I can hear the energy in you and the enthusiasm in it and the excitement in um, and what you've done and, and the research that you've done, so the, it's wonderful. And are you, um, what are your plans for the future? Well, uh, again, this is a radio interview, and, um, and we've only briefly touched upon uh, what this topic is really saying to us, what, what we now understand is that the message in the cells of our bodies is a multi-layered message. It took 12 years to find the code for the first layer. Mm -hmm. uh, now that we understand how the codes work, we are, uh, as we speak, diligently working to, to uh, unlock and translate the deeper layers of the code. And while the first layer is uh, admittedly a very brief message, God eternal within the body. It's a brief message. It is a powerful message. Now, as we look in, literally, looking at the genome, at, at chromosome 1, chromosome 2, that we can now download from the, the Human Genome Project, what we're finding is there are entire sentences that are literally hundreds of letters long, and we now know where those sentences begin. We know where they end. Uh, we're working with the translations and the validations, and, uh, and that's where my, my focus is right now because my sense is that we're about to find out so much more about ourselves uh, in a way uh, that we've never suspected. And the irony is that we each carry a replica of the history of our species encoded into every cell of our bodies, uh, and we've kept it safe for many thousands of years now. And uh, uh, for me, nothing could be more fascinating, more mysterious. And at this time in Earth's history, and when we look at what's happening in the world around us, uh, more empowering. Nothing could be more empowering than to have this understanding of, of our past. Great. Thank you so much. Uh, other than that, not much going on. <laughs> <laughs> well, not much going on. There's a lot going wow. on. There is. No, we're, uh, we're on a very rigorous tour schedule, the book uh, tour. I've just come back from India. We've been doing some research in India. Mm -hmm. uh, came back within uh, just the last few weeks. So uh, our plates are very full, and, uh, and this is the, the primary thrust of, of the, the work right now, is to find and translate the deeper layers of the code and share them as quickly as possible with... Uh, with those who are open and interested to, uh, to understand what those layers are saying. Well, we're going to all stay tuned for this, aren't we, Kathy? Yes, it, it sounds great, and um, thank you for doing this and having the energy to do this. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for supporting uh, uh, Voice America and, uh, and the kind of work that we're able to talk about today. Thank, thank you, you, Kathy. Uh, if you stay on the line, we can get some information and uh, uh, be able to send you a copy of this book. Let's thank take a short uh, break, Greg. When we come back, I want to... To talk with you about uh, your philosophy and how this all turns into a, a, the, an answer to a question, what have we learned? 
You're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Papasilli, and best-selling author Greg Braden. Uh, call in at one triple eight three three five five two zero four to talk with us. One triple eight three three five five two zero four and receive an, a, a copy of this amazing book. We'll be right back. Have you just seen a good movie? Have you just seen a bad movie? Whatever the case may be, join Elmer and Jessica on the Out and About Hour, sponsored by Grand Cinemas, every Saturday at 3 Pacific Time on VoiceAmerica.com, the leader in Internet talk radio. Every year, over one million marriages end in divorce. Divorce Talk is the only radio program focusing on the subject of divorce. Hosted by Carl Palatnik, president of DivorceInteractive.com, Divorce Talk features guests from a variety of divorce-related fields who will discuss and field questions on a multitude of subjects. Tune in every Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time for this informative and thought-provoking program right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, this is Patricia Raskin, host of Positive Living. Join me on my new day in time on Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific for the program that brings you practical, inspiring, and positive principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Each week, we'll give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call into Positive Living on our new day in time, Mondays, 2 p.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on voiceamerica.com. Are you searching for a sense of purpose in this crazy world? If so, then tune in to Meet the Challenge with James Long and Melissa Phelan every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. On the show, James and Melissa will discuss life planning and meeting the challenges we experience in each stage of our lives. They will also provide you real solutions from professional advisors and resources to address the issues that keep you up at night. Life is a series of transitions from one stage to another. Make those transitions smooth ones by tuning in to Meet the Challenge. Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on Voice America. Informative, entertaining, and educational talk. www.voiceamerica.com. Come find out what you've been missing. Welcome back to Crossbusting Your Way to an Awesome Life with Dr. Pat. If you would like to participate in today's program, call in at 1 888 335 5204. Now let's join Dr. Pat for some serious crust busting. Welcome back. You're listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile, and my very special guest today, Greg Braden. And we are talking about his new book, The God Code, The Secret of Our Past, The Promise of Our Future. And what I promised our listening audience, Greg, is that, you know, let's talk, that I'd, I'd ask about, you know, from your perspective, your philosophy, uh, what is the message? What have we learned from all of this? What, what do we want to leave our listeners with in terms of what you have found in your research and how this, ha- you know, this is a call for us to look at humanity in a different way? <laughs> and you just asked me four questions in that I question. I did. Don't you love that? <laughs> well, what, what I'll do, I'm going to go back. It's, I believe there are no uh, accidents uh, or, or even coincidences. There are synchronicities in, in timing. And I think it's interesting, as the research was, um, was making some, some major breakthroughs, as we were really beginning to understand how this code works, it was right around the turn of the century, the turn of the millennium. And uh, 
in the year 2000, I had the opportunity to participate in a number of conferences, and uh, uh, both public and private. Uh, some were, were not open even to, to public audiences, so that the speakers could speak freely um, without being concerned about their reputations mm -hmm. or uh, uh, the implications of what they were saying. And, and there was a common thread that ran through those conferences, and every, without exception, every one of the conferences, the, the scientists, the technologists, social architects, the religious and spiritual leaders, they all felt that humankind has such an amazing future in front of us uh, over these next uh, few hundred years. And they all foresaw a, a time when, we, when disease becomes a thing of our past and, uh, and suffering and warfare and our susceptibility to, uh, to the, the forces of nature become a time of our past. They all foresaw that on the one hand. On the other hand, the consensus was that the next 10 to 15 years of, uh, of our future are a critical and pivotal turning point that we've got to get through these next 10 to 15 years before uh, and survive them before we can uh, reap the benefits of, of all the things they were seeing in, in our future. And the greatest threat, so this is what was so interesting to me, the greatest threat that they saw in the next 10 to 15 years, it, it wasn't the AIDS virus or uh, global warming or you know the, uh, a rogue asteroid hitting the Earth or any of those things, although they're all important. Yes. The greatest threat that they saw was humankind itself, and specifically humankind's propensity to solve our problems through warfare, wow. to destroy ourselves mm. based, based upon our differences. You know, Greg, uh, we have a caller. Um, we are uh, obviously striking a chord with many people. people. Well, um, and I, I, I want to hear what the caller has to say, but to, to wrap that up, what, what that said to me when I heard the, the, the researchers and the scientists saying that, mm -hmm. it, it emphasized for me how important it is to find a principle that transcends our differences, mm -hmm. that tells us that we're not so separate and different from one another, and that through cooperating and working together as a family, we may together become greater than, than the challenges that are, are, are seen for our future. And wouldn't, wouldn't life, I mean, what would life be like if we were to take what you're saying and really shift the paradigm? We're well, not different. What is that, you know, I mean, that is an amazing well, I, question. I'll tell you, in the last part of the book, I answer that to some degree through the eyes of, of the naturalists uh, who, who look to, to other forms of life in nature. And the bottom line to what the naturalists are saying to us today is, with no exception that they have seen in nature, so there's no exceptions for mm -hmm. what I'm about to say, that violent competition between species always, always, always is detrimental to the species, and that cooperation among species always, always, always supports the longest lifespans, the healthiest, um, the greatest numbers of offspring, the healthiest uh, members of the species through mutual aid and cooperation. So we have to ask ourselves, are we so different from the natural world around us that, that we believe those, those raw, uh, rules and those principles don't apply to us? Well, it is really time to put our rage and our hatred and our violence aside, isn't it? It is, and as a logic-based society, we have to have a reason to think differently about ourselves. And my prayer is that the, the discovery and, and the revealing a literal text message encoded into life itself from the, the moment of our creation gives us a place to begin. It gives us a reason mm. 
to at least think uh, a little differently about ourselves and mm-hmm. reconsider the, the paths that we've chosen. Well, you have definitely given our listeners a reason. This book gives us a reason. Uh, let's, let's bring uh, Cindy from Colorado on the line. Hi, Cindy, are you there? Yes. Well, welcome Thank to the show. Thank you. Good morning, just... Cindy. You're, you're my neighbor this morning. I'm, I'm calling uh, from northern New Mexico, so we're not too far apart. Ah, are you based in New Mexico? Um, my home is in a beautiful, rugged, remote <laughs> mountains of, of uh, nowhere northern New Mexico. <laughs> oh, I think I've probably seen part of that country. Oh, it is. It's a long way from anywhere, and it's, uh, it's just, it's, it is just so beautiful here. Right. My question, and I've come into this conversation later in the broadcast, so I don't know if it's already been answered. And, you know, I'm getting the big picture of, you know, why you maybe asked this question that has led you on this search. Sure. My wondering is, why did you choose the ancient alphabet, and, you know, why did you go to that place to start defining this possible code? Well, the... uh... Uh, and in a few moments, the brief moments we have, I'll answer that question as best I can. When okay. I worked, actually, I worked in uh, defense in your part of the world. I worked for Martin Marietta uh, okay. during the peacekeeper years, right there in uh, Watershin, Watershin Canyon, Deer Creek Canyon, uh, in Colorado. Part of my job was uh, software development, pattern recognition. And as the human genome was released uh, to the general public, what I noticed immediately is there's a pattern in that genome. It looks like a sentence structure. We just haven't understood how to read that sentence. And the, the mathematic nature of elements, you know, we call it carbon, oxygen, hydrogen, nitrogen. There is another number called atomic weight. There's another number called atomic mass. There's another number uh, called, uh, there are at least 17 different numbers that describe the elements of life. So we can describe those through words, or we can describe them through number. On the one hand, on the other hand, my... Uh, my history with ancient texts and traditions suggest they did precisely the same thing, that they used ancient alphabets to describe the innermost workings of, of creation. And in the mysteries, there have always been numbers associated with the alphabets that were never understood and weren't taken seriously by Western science. And uh, many cases were simply dropped uh, by Western science. Going back to those numbers, my sense was there was a reason those numbers were there, and to make a long story, again, very brief, what we now know is at least some of the numbers that are associated with the, the letters of our most ancient alphabets are precisely the numbers that link them to the periodic table through what we call atomic mass. So, the only, for example, in the, the Hebrew text, the Sefer Yitzhak, very mysterious, uh, seldom translated into English book, it says that, that uh, the force of God created the earth through letters of the alphabet uh, in Hebrew. When we look at the Hebrew alphabet and the numbers and we translate, those letters translate to exactly the elements that NASA now tells us created our universe, hydrogen, nitrogen, oxygen, and, uh, and subsequently carbon into our bodies. So we have to ask ourselves, is it a coincidence that those and only those letters translate into only the elements that allow for life, or is there an intentional link? And, and that was the, uh, uh, the thinking that led to the investigations. Very interesting. If all that makes any sense. <laughs> it does, because as a believer of the Bible, as a Christian and a believer that um, God is the creator, mm-hmm. there is a divine purpose and a plan. 
that um, it's and when you talk about the naturalist seeing a pattern here, mm-hmm. sure. and you talk about patterns, um, nature is the first evidence that there is existence of a higher power. Which well, nature is, is God. God. I mean, literally, yeah. that's that's and what the so, text what the wow. text say to us. And you know, Cindy, one of the the most interesting things you can imagine that the there's a lot of controversy here. The book's only been out since February. The first print run sold out in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. It tells me that it's it's touched uh, a point of interest among people. But well, you mentioned that, you know, we have to get over fighting with each other to solve this problem. Well, this but is, I think it's a bigger picture than that. People well, have it, to... it is, and this is, this is what, what I'm leading to. The, the correspondence I've had from the religious and the spiritual leaders, mm-hmm. as different as their traditions are from one another... All of them have said that they find their traditions are supported by the message in the cells of life itself. Well, that is a great way to really bring this amazing show to a close. And the time goes so quickly. Cindy, thank you so much. Please stay on the line so we can get some information and send you a copy of this book. Thank Thank you you so much for calling in. And, Greg, thank you so much for joining me. We will be talking with you again in April. April 9th. Pat, thank you for being such a a gracious host today. You're amazing. You're so wonderful. Thank you so much for sharing your gift. All right. Take good care. Okay. You've been listening to Crust Busting Your Way to an Awesome Life with me, Dr. Pat Basile, 8 a.m. on Thursdays on Voice America, Pacific Standard Time. Till next week, remember to live and breathe your life full out the Crust Busting Way. Have a great week. Have a great life, everyone. Thank you for joining us today for Crust Busting with Dr. Pat Basile. Crust Busting with Dr. Pat can be heard live every Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time on voiceamerica.com. For a copy of today's program or to learn more about Crust Busting, visit www.crustbusting.com. 